Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Sean T. And I know this is a little um, <laughs> different where I'm filming today. First and foremost, I wanted to say thank you all so very much for listening to Trust and Believe this month, especially if you're a new listener. It was really great to celebrate Black History Month and really have some incredible guests on here. I know for me, I learned a lot just about people's struggles and was able to relate a lot of their stories and their journeys to my own, which is what I hope you are able to do. But anyway, what's most important is that you are able, as you listen to this podcast, to internalize some of the things that we talk about on here. This podcast is about giving you information to help you really lift your life to give you purpose, if you will, and for you to make your own decisions based on the things that we talk about, but mostly how to utilize it to help you trust and believe in who you are moving forward in your life. So as we go into this episode, I just really want to talk about my experience growing up Black, which I've talked about before, but to really celebrate Black History Month like that. And a lot of you may have heard a lot of pieces of my story, but today I just want to talk about a few more things that maybe go a little bit more in depth that maybe you can relate to. And I'm wearing this hat that says, this is my journey. And so this is my journey. And I hope you can relate some of the things that I talk about from my journey to your journey. So get ready to trust and believe. Somebody say hey, yeah. This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The first thing I want to talk about today, which is so interesting, is about health and not about the health by way that you think fitness and push-ups and exercises more about just health in general and health care growing up as a young black male in the neighborhoods that i grew up in and cities that i grew up in we weren't able to have the type of health care that everyone else had my 
mother was on government assistance and you know I didn't even realize until I got older that people frowned their nose up to government assistance you know my mom was on food stamps and we got help from the government but she was also working really hard to try to make ends meet and also make us really happy in whatever way that we could be so we didn't have to go to school with the same clothes or ripped up clothes or clothes that weren't you know, up to par. So my mom really did the best that she could. But not until I got a little older and I saw, you know, people had special doctors, people could go to the dentist. And and growing up in our neighborhoods, we just didn't have that accessibility so freely and so easily. And so today, as I sit in Georgia and I'm about to have surgery on my arm and on my shoulder and have to have multiple surgeries, and I'm not going into it with a fear of not being able to financially be able to support myself through this process, or I don't have to not get the surgery because I can't afford it. It feels really great and it releases a lot of stress. And I do know that there are a lot of people out there, regardless of race, that can't afford healthcare, but it's just growing up as a black man, it was just not that easy for us to to have health care like that and so that's the first thing I think about we used to get up and I think I've spoken about this before but we used to get up and my mom couldn't even start the car uh, we would break down on the side of the road in the winter time our car would overheat in the summertime and so while a lot of people may have had those experiences, a lot of it was because of the neighborhoods we lived in. We didn't have accessibility to things. And a lot of people in our neighborhoods were also on government assistance. And so we only equated that with our culture and our ethnicity. I actually didn't even know until I got way older that there were white people that had struggles too because we just were grouped in neighborhoods in such a way that it was like, we're black, this is what happens to us. This is how we have to stick together. And so, you know, I always kind of go back and then I relate myself to in today's time. It's just in a way a part of our culture that some people will just never understand, even if they've had similar experiences. It's just like our culture and the neighborhoods that we were built upon, it was just really hard for us to get ahead. I'm not trying to say this in a politically correct way, but we definitely lived in, in neighborhoods that it was just hard for us to get ahead. Like we really had to work hard. We didn't have nice things around the corner. You know, I remember going into nice neighborhoods that was were only maybe like a mile away. I remember as a kid, we would go to, we would go to trick-or-treating in a nice neighborhood a mile away. And, and I just remember all the black kids would go to the nicer white neighborhoods because we're like, oh my gosh, like they have all the candy. And so the good candy or they, they actually did trick-or-treating because our families really couldn't afford just the extra bag of candy to give out to the kids in our neighborhood. And we had a lot of kids. If you can for a second really kind of go into the psyche of a young person, a kid, where you're thinking that all of the good stuff are in other neighborhoods. In a way, you do look at your culture in a way of like, oh man, like even, even though someone wasn't telling us like your culture is, 
you know, not bottom of the barrel, but you just don't have the accessibility to this. You don't have accessibility to that. And this government this and this government that. Even though that wasn't explained to us when we were children, you just kind of knew. Because it was always like, well, why do we have to go to the white neighborhoods to to get great things? Or why do we have to go? Why do we have to travel far? And then not until I got older did I realize that, you know, our neighborhoods were built on the foundation of, okay, this is where our people were. This is where we settled. And this is kind of like, we we were always in a situation where we had to kind of fight our way to get out and move forward. And I don't know when it comes to neighborhoods and, and still talking about that, I don't know if other people had the experience where you're in your in your stages of growing up that you had to be like oh my goodness like we have to we have to work hard to get out of this neighborhood we have to work hard to get out of this neighborhood like that was like built into a lot of our psyche like you have to get an education because you have to get out of here and so in a way it made you think like why do i have to work so hard to leave my culture you know why do i have to leave the place that I call home. Why do I? Yes, you know, we had drugs and we had this and we had that in certain neighborhoods that I lived in or I frequented, but it just was this really, it created this really unhealthy psyche that, oh, I have to work hard to, to, to get out of here. I realized as I got older and it just became this thing where I'm like, well, why am I looking at my culture or why was I raised to look at my culture as such a bad thing? Like, why do I have to leave it behind? It made me think a lot as I got a little bit older. And so now, like I said, I'm here, I'm getting surgery. I, I can afford these things. I'm, I'm just kind of in a space in my life where I'm old enough to be like, well, you know what? Like, I need to go back and actually appreciate all the things that I had to struggle through to get where I am today. And not necessarily be like, oh, I wanna get out of here because it's a lower income neighborhood or because it's a black neighborhood. I'm like, the foundation of what I was built on was amazing. I have yet to live now, mind you, I'm not trying to move back to Jersey. Let's keep it very real. North Jersey, probably, but not from in Jersey. But I still have yet to experience the culture that I experienced as a kid, being in, in the black neighborhoods. I, as an adult, never experienced a block party. Like, have yet to experience that um, since I moved as like an adult in neighborhoods that I live in as an adult. The corner stores that we have and had in Philadelphia when I lived there, like there's nothing like going to the corner store and getting wings or dollar candy or like all of these things were so culturally great. We used to, you know, play at the fire hydrant, you know, like people would open a fire hydrant and that was our neighborhood pool or sprinkler. And so while, you know, my kids, they go to this really great swim school and we have a pool in the backyard, multiple pools, and we have all this stuff. You know, I, the foundation of what I was built on us, I would love for them to experience some of these things because it was really great. We had crates on the, the, the telephone poles, the wooden telephone poles. We put crates up to play basketball and draw lines on the street. And that's how we shot the ball. We didn't have the really expensive parks to go to the park and play basketball, right? We had to create it. And so all of these things 
Like they're so wonderful and so great. And so as you, as you're growing up, it's like, you got to play sports, you got to get a scholarship to get out of here. But there are also so many really incredible and amazing things that shaped who I am, who we are as black people that I really don't want to look at as a struggle anymore and be like, wow, like this really enhanced my life. Like this really enhanced who I am. And it really gave me the foundation for the culture that I'm able to actually instill in my kids. And so I was having a conversation with Scott's parents and Scott the other night. And we were just talking about our neighborhood and Scott's parents are older. And, you know, we live in a predominantly white neighborhood. I just remember them saying, you know, we can't make a lot of friends around here. And, you know, it's really tough. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's interesting because it's really not easy to make friends where we live. And, and I just said, you know what? It's because we don't have the front porch. Like when we were growing up in Philly, like the block, everybody came out and sat on their porch and it was open porch and was connected to the next person's porch. And so the person across the hall would come out after work or during the day or a weekend and you'd be like, hey, Miss Jackson and this person and that person. And so, and all the kids would go out in the street. And so we had this incredible culture and we didn't have covered porches. I mean, we had a cover up top, but it wasn't like a sunscreen porch, you know, it was, you walk up the steps, there's the porch, you had some chairs on there, the kids were running in and out of the house, most people didn't even have a screen door, and it was an open door policy, and you had these, it was just like incredible. And it was like no intimidation to go to somebody's house. And so that was something else that I was like, I wish I could build a neighborhood like around my area where we had the front porch again. And so everybody's not just in the backyard at their amazing pool, it's just like, oh, I'm going out to the front porch. I'm like, damn. We're building a house and I didn't build a front porch, which kind of pisses me off. You know, Scott and I are moving soon and, and the boys, and I was just like, you know what? I, I definitely want to, Scott's like, I want to be a part of HOA. And I'm like, yeah. And I want to throw like a block party. Like I want to like, I want to bring some of the culture that I grew up with into the neighborhoods that I live in now, because I just feel like, and not that other people don't have block parties, but they don't have it my way, okay? A lot of what we talk about as black people is we do talk about our struggles and what we didn't have. Like I talk about healthcare and this and that and, you know, food stamps. But there was all, there were also a really a lot of great things that we had growing up that I think that could really help a lot of people enjoy their lives a little better. And it was also two things. One... I was watching some TikToks and I came across a video where a woman was talking about how we, as black people, you know, create a lot of culture. And she was like, if it wasn't for black people, it wouldn't be, this app wouldn't exist. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. But black people definitely um, are trendsetters for a lot when it comes to music and fashion. And there was one TikTok where a woman was talking about all of these things that black people created but it's not really celebrated. And I just thought that was really great. So many things. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And then even to the Super Bowl that just happened, you know, I'm watching the Super Bowl halftime show and of course i know every single song i was actually most excited when mary j came out because my friend was dancing with her i know every song and i know so many people got like super excited they're like oh my gosh and like it should have been longer and they you know and i was like okay but you know i'm watching the show and i just was kind of like okay cool like, why do we have to, why Why does this have to be celebrated? Like, I was kind of annoyed because I was just like, so we're celebrating this. This is something, you know, this is like so the norm for me or it should be the norm that I feel like people weren't necessarily judging a performance and they were just judging the fact that there were a lot of, you know, black people in Eminem which I love all the artists and I love it, but it just kind of sat back and made me think, I'm like, we're celebrating this because it never happened before, you know? And so, you know, I, I initially, just being honest, I couldn't get behind it like, oh my God, that was the best performance ever because I'm, I'm kind of like, this shouldn't be like special. This should be the norm, you know? Or maybe, maybe the NFL will get an idea to be like, okay, if we do have you know, a Lady Gaga, we definitely have representation of, you know, old school artists or throwing it back to people who were trendsetters in the rap business. And I, I don't, I definitely don't want to sound ungrateful for the talent because everyone there was so talented. Like I said, I was like, Mary J. Blige and Eminem were like my, ugh, like I, I can't even explain how much I love both of them. And I wish that we weren't in a situation where we have to celebrate when black people are celebrated, just like I wish we didn't have to work so hard to like run away from our communities. I don't know if any of that makes sense because I'm just like talking about my personal experiences and like what I'm thinking about. It's just really important that there is a balance between how we celebrate our culture, how we move forward in our culture, how we are still able to utilize our our past and our neighborhoods and, you know, hopefully instill it into the new generation. Because you know, it's really great. Like black people are really great. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to say just about the Super Bowl and TikTok because y'all know I love a little TikTok. But also what I really thought was cool is how when I was scrolling through TikTok and I saw a lot of families who were predominantly white and probably parents who are my age and a little bit older, it wasn't black families and it was white families getting up and like doing a crit walk and dancing and everybody knew the songs. And I'm like, this is great. Like this should be like a thing where you should be able to see how black culture, black music were just like so influential. And so in our society, if it could be respected in a way that no, like black people are really talented. They're really great. 
we shouldn't run away from the culture. We should actually have a way to go into our cultures and our neighborhoods and our communities and be like, yo, like this is where we should have a party. You know, back in 2020 when, you know, we were really struggling with the racial divide here, you know, I just remember people like, oh, you know, here she's invited to the cookout and she's invited to the cookout. I'm like, yeah, bitch, because the cookout is always a vibe. You know, always a vibe. It's always a vibe. It's always really fun. It's always really great. I mean, you know, it's just a really good time. Black people have a really good time. And so anyway, I hope as you're listening <laughs> to this, not only can you understand where I'm coming from, but it's just, I just really think that we should stop running away from black culture and black culture should be respected and we should find a better way to celebrate us and not just like, oh my gosh, you know, I got out of, I'm, I got out of my neighborhood or, oh my gosh, like, wow, did you see that performance? Like, yay, to celebrating black people should be the norm. And the last thing I want to talk about today is I saw a clip that I thought that I thought was really powerful. For those out there who may not understand why there is a racial divide when it comes to black culture, because I know there's a lot of people out there that's like, why does it have to be black and white? Is it always a black and white thing? And I'm like, yeah, it is. It is a black and white thing, but it's more than it just being a black or white thing. It goes back to kind of what I was talking about. It is a, it's a cultural thing. And the clip that I saw was Denzel getting asked at a press conference. And the clip said something like the, the reporter or journalist says something like, well, does it matter if the director's black or white? And she said it a few times, she was, she was like, does it matter if the director is black or white? And so Denzel said, it's about the culture. He was like, and I believe that everyone that he was up on a on the stage with the panel with were black. I saw Viola Davis up there with him. But he said, all of us up here know what it smells like when a hot comb hits the hair on a Sunday morning. And what he was referring to was, the culture of, you know, we black people have kinky hair and we have to, we can't just get in the shower and blow dry it and it's done. Like we, we got to take it to the hot comb. We got to get presentable for church. It's really just an experience. If you, if you have the chance to go to a black family's home before they go to church, it is, it is an experience where I could literally go anywhere in the country, walk into any black home, and I will know what that's like. I wouldn't feel out of place. I wouldn't I wouldn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm in somebody else's house. When it came to be dinner time, I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, like I feel weird. Like, what are we gonna eat? Like I would know everything. I would even if they even though people say grace different ways, I would just know. I would know the flow of the house. I would know the smells. I would know when we went to church, I know exactly how the church service goes. And it's not even like a Catholic or Christian thing where I know Catholic churches a lot. It's like you guys kneel and not you guys, but when they kneel and they do this, it's just so different in the black culture. And so when Denzel said that, it's like, yeah, like anybody can direct a film and anyone can study what it was like or what it's like and anybody can do that. But if you haven't lived the culture, it's going to be a much more difficult for you 
to bring the smells to life in that film or to really help people understand like what it felt like what 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 that atmosphere was like like how you can be enveloped by all of these amazing things and those things that Denzel was referring to which he only gave one example but the things that he was referring to right away I just had flashbacks of like absolutely absolutely yes so I say all that to say if you don't understand or if you're like why does it have to be a black white thing and some people are like why are we celebrating black history month it's because black history is a culture it's more than Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and you know the movement and 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 slavery they are huge parts of it they are because they are the foundation of you know us being here but i just want people to learn that and then beyond that say well those people coming here like they set the foundation for the cultures of our neighborhoods today and those cultures got those performers on stage those cultures and those experiences got those performers on stage at the Super Bowl. It's always like an evolution of time and, and space and experiences. While everyone else, obviously, has like their ancestors and you learn certain things in your household and it carries on. There's recipes, there's all these things. It's just that Black culture has a lot to offer. And I just challenge you to not go out and get a black friend. But I challenge you to really, if you have the opportunity to experience these things. If you're religious, I challenge you to experience what it's like to go to a Pentecostal or a Baptist church on a Sunday. You know, they will welcome you with open, with open arms, whoever you are. But if you're religious, just to experience that in a different way. Or if you are invited to a cookout at the park, like go to the cookout at the park. It's going to be like nothing you've ever been to before. And if you're black, and this is really important to me, and if you have a friend who's black, if anything else with this podcast, I just wish that we could all stop saying I have to get out of these neighborhoods. I do know that there are very dangerous neighborhoods in our country and there I understand that. But it's almost like, I wish we can focus on, yeah, if something's unsafe for you, you gotta go. But I wish we could focus on how are we going to utilize these experiences and what are the experiences that we're gonna hold on to so that we can really appreciate the culture beyond. I'm so excited for my kids to start getting older and me, able to give them these experiences and tell them these stories and you know scott and i while we team up and we raise our kids together as a unit we definitely have different ways of talking to them because of our own past and i absolutely love it you know i definitely feel like i'm very much like my mom and i'm very much a black dad <laughs> I'm more stern, I'm more this. I, don't, I mean, I'm sure, listen, black culture, think about culture. I'm not talking about just um, color. Culturally, I know that I'm definitely a black dad. And I know that Scott is culturally, you know, 
a white guy from Seattle. And it's completely different. I see how his parents are. And it's just so funny because I see his parents and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that definitely wouldn't work for kids in our neighborhood. Maybe it would, but where I'm from, like, I'm like, child, like you need to give it to him a little bit more than that. Anyway, I say all that to say, we raise kids differently. You, we were all raised differently. I think that Black History Month is really about the culture. And so just look at it less about the color and more about the culture. Because yes, our skin is brown, black. Is You can't deny that. But there's also mixed people whose, whose skin might look white. Like my one son is mixed, you know. And you there's a lot of mixed people you think you associate them with being white, but they're black. So that's what I'm saying. Try to dive into the culture of what we have for our community so that next year at Black History Month, you'll listen to some of these stories that I put on my podcast or you hear some of the struggles that people have and you can just relate a little bit more by diving into Black culture and being like, wow, like this experience is really great or this food is really great or watching that movie was watching a movie in a different way so you're thinking like instead of oh this is a black movie it's like oh wow like i want to envelop myself in the culture anyway to bring all this home again thank you so much for listening this month for listening to me ramble about my life and my stories <laughs> but also thank you for just being open to hearing some of these people's stories and how they grew up and some of the struggles that they've had in their lives and how we all can continue to push forward. And if you notice that all these stories we told, whether it was LZ or even to CC, you know, our idea is to work hard, but also find a way to give back and to share messages and to share experiences so that people understand. And the more people understand you and the more you set out to understand people, the more we'll come together as one. Thank you all so very much for this month. Please leave a review for the podcast. Please come for more. Uh, please tell your friends about it and share some of our episodes. And always trust and believe in who you are. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.